Welcome to Mighty Creators, where we help creators produce content, grow audiences, and build revenue. My name is Asim Jalis, your host. Our guest today is Ev Chapman. Hey, Ev. Hey, how are you going? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Great to have you here. So Ev is a content creator from Sydney, Australia. In the last five months, uh, Ev has built an impressive library of published content, launched three digital products, and has grown her audience by over 2,000 followers. What are some of the things that you did to grow your audience by 2,000 followers? Um, I I think... Personally, I feel like it happened by accident um, and I wasn't actually setting out to grow an audience or, you know, grow followers or anything like that. I think that everything for me started with just wanting to create content online. And so the more content that I seemed to create, the more people resonated with that. And then as I um, interacted with those people, it kind of, it kind of snowballed from there. So I had, I had, a really big growth kind of between March, March, April, March and May, like two months where I grew 1600 followers. Like it was like, it was a, it was a bit of a crazy whirlwind time. And I think it was just, I was out there. I was, um, you know, I, I learned to kind of be myself and produce content that, um, that is interesting to me. And I think that resonated with a lot of people. So, yeah. Nice. And then uh, I wanted to get, a little more detail about the consumer to creator lab. This is one of your products and it's a workshop. So tell us more about it. Yeah. So um, I started my, so I did, uh, I was writing as part of um, ship 30 for 30 and um, which is a, a writing kind of club. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, like a, it's not really a course, but it is like a cohort where you write together for 30 days and you write these short essays online. And so I had, um, I had done my first 30 days and people just kept asking me, well, how do you come up with so many ideas and how do you kind of do that? And that kind of like prompted me to open up my system to, to everyone else. So at the time I uh, I had just read the book How to Take Smart Notes by um, N.K. Soren. And um, and so I'd been, I'd started on this whole journey of taking notes and then turning all of that into content and ideas. And um, so I'm also a Notion ambassador. And so I had built this big Notion template and I thought, oh, well, maybe people would be interested in that. But I didn't want it to be a product that, like everyone's building Notion templates these days. <laughs> it's like there's like a thousand of them out there. And so I wanted it to stand out as not just like a content creation template, but this is a system that you can use to te- to go from like just being a consumer to being a creator online, which is which is really how I feel my journey went. And so um, I decided to put together a 90-minute workshop to go along with the template. So I try and sell it more as... Um, it's a workshop with a template attached, then kind of like a Notion template, which kind of then gets lost with all the other all the other Notion templates. So yeah, and it's it's been fun. It's been fun to see people. You know, still speak to people now. Like I think I launched it back in April, end of April, early May, and you know I speak to people now who are using it, collecting notes, um, creating ideas, and it's just super fun to see people use a system that I 
created, which is kind of wild. So uh, what are some of the things that you recommend people do if they want to turn from uh, consumers into creators? Because I think we are all consumers. We are constantly consuming yeah. all kinds of content everywhere. So yeah. how, do you, how do you flip that switch? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. I think that um, I think it comes down to, one, consuming content with intent. I think there's a lot of people out there, and I did it for years and years, who just, you know, we we get all of these articles and stuff into our, you know, web clippers and the pockets and the Insta papers and all of that, and they kind of go into a black hole. And we never kind of see them again. Or if we do read them, we kind of think, oh, that was interesting. But we don't have like an actual system to go, well, how could I make, how could I um, either apply that in my life or, you know, that triggered a really good idea. How, you know, how could I use that? So I think that if you, it, it all for me started with taking really intentional notes. Every time I'm reading something, whether it's an article, listening to a podcast, reading a book, any of that, I'm taking notes on what I find interesting and resonating. So I'm not taking, like, I don't read to, I I said this the other day, I don't really read to, um, I'm not writing a book report. You know, I don't have to take notes on every single thing. I, you know, I, I listen for the signals that resonate and then I write a note about that in my own words. And so, it, and it might be totally random. The other day I read something on um, lead and lag measures, uh, which uh, then I applied to habits in my life, which was like, like, so I, I, I'm always trying to pick up ideas and connect them in with, with something else. And so I think it all starts with taking notes. Then it just starts with, with thinking about things. So how does, you know, how I think I, I, I kind of try and apply things if I'm reading something, I want to apply it to my life. So I kind of have this cycle of like read, get ideas, kind of experiment with things, and that's kind of where the whole experimenting comes from. Mm. And then I write about it. And then I go back to and I, I read more, I take more ideas. So it is kind of a cycle of like really wanting to kind of uh, in, improve my life. I write a lot about self-improvement and I do a lot of experimenting on myself and that ends up being being writing it. But I think it all starts with kind of stopping that endless clipping and really being intentional about what you're consuming and why you're consuming it. Like you're just consuming it because you want to get a badge to say I read 100 books this year. That's that's not really helpful in your life. Um, you know, what helps is reading something and applying it and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, I can totally see like real value because you're taking all these ideas and then testing them out. So you're filtering them and pointing out the, the ideas that work and the ones that sound good, maybe on paper, but maybe don't, don't quite work as well. Yeah, totally. And I, I think, I think that's maybe why my writing does resonate with so many people because I'm not telling people I, I'm, I'm not like up here saying, Oh, you know, like I know everything I'm saying, Hey, I tested this out today or, I did this and it seems to work for me. Maybe it will work for you. And I think that's, that's good. Like a, I think a lot of people struggle to put their ideas out online because they don't want to feel like, well, I, I'm like most people don't think they're an expert, but I kind of see it as, well, I'm doing something cool that might be helpful. Um, I'm not an expert, but it might be helpful to you. And I think that's a good way to start writing online and to start putting your ideas out there. Yeah. Oh, totally. 
So yeah. what's the value for of the consumer to creator lab? Like what's the, uh, what should people expect to get out of this if they're creators? Like how are think, they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you want to build a bank of ideas so you never run out of them, that's the value. Um, and if you use it uh, kind of diligently, um, you know, you're clipping things in there, you're taking it, taking ideas from like what you read all the way through to uh, creating content about it, you will literally never run out of ideas. I think I have maybe over 200 ideas in my library at the moment that I just couldn't write about 200 things. Like I can't keep up with it. And so I think that is the value. If you don't want to run out of ideas and you don't want to start with a blank page, that is what you're going to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm. Now on the second product, the 30 day experiment field guide and template, tell us more about that. What is that about? Yes. So um, really early on, I wrote an essay about how I do experiments on myself Um, (laughs) Not like crazy science experiments, but like, you know, self-improvement experiments. And and I, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and she's like, oh, what 30-day experiment are you doing now? And I realised that I actually did have this system of, you know, uh, testing things and experimenting for these 30 days. And I would call it like uh, 30 days of movement or 30 days of um, feeling good. Um, and so I would kind of give things a name and try and work towards something. And so I wrote a lot about that in my first 30 days of writing. Um, and people really resonated with it. And so I ended up taking all of everything that I'd written about experiments, habit formation, all of that. And I dumped it into a notion page and I just started writing um, like, you know, filling in the blanks and making it um, sound good. And I ended up, I don't know, there was, uh, there's 30 different lessons on 30-day experiments. And then I created, well, I didn't create, I already had a, a template that I used to, to do these experiments. So I would um, come up with experiment ideas. I would decide, am I going to do that? Am I not going to do it? And then I would actually do the 30-day experiment and then look back and say, okay, um, did that work or not? The the whole thing around it, I think, that really resonated with people is is a lot of the times we think, okay, I'm going to start this habit. But then we don't really stop to think, is that really achieving my outcome or is it you know, somebody said that that was a good thing to do or, you know, so I think for me the 30-day experiments is a time when I can just test it out. It's like testing the waters. Is this going to be, is this going to take me in the direction that I want to go in? And so I do use it as a way to kind of test out maybe a habit or something I want to do for 30 days and then look back and say, okay, is this sustainable to do? Do I want to keep doing it? Did you know? Is it really just uh, I? I didn't really enjoy it, or maybe I need to tweak it. So, um, and so the template is all around that. So it's about like preparing for the experiment and then looking back um, at the end of the thirty days and saying, "Well, did that serve me, or is it something that I want to continue?" Um, and uh, yeah, and 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 so it was kind of like a little, just a little digital product that I thought, "Oh, this could be cool for people," and and people really loved it and. And it kind of, it showed me, it showed me a couple of things. One that, um, you know, when you write every day, you can easily write 
a little like an ebook like you know it doesn't it actually doesn't take that long um and you can kind of like put that together but also it showed me the value of notion uh for building digital products for people um and uh and so now i talk to a lot of creators about putting their um their their digital products or their knowledge into a notion product that they can then go and um and, and sell uh online yeah. So say, say some more about Notion. I, I mean, I've used Notion mostly just as like a alternative to Google Docs where I'm just dumping information into it. But it sounds to me like you're doing something beyond that. So what, what are some of the features in Notion that you're using to build out yeah. these products? I think um, it's, the, it's the page, the flexibility of the page layout with the kind of power of databases and relations and that kind of thing. So um, a lot of the time, like let's say like habit formation, I will build, um, I I built an experiment database where you can, um, you can view it as a calendar and you can mark every day that you, um, that you do that experiment. And then you can kind of take that and roll it up into another database that says, well, you've now completed this particular thing for, you know, 20, 20 out of 30 days or, or that kind of thing. So I think that's, um, that's why I think it can work as kind of like lots of people use it for like task management or like the daily driver of like work things. But I think as a creator, it has kind of, that flexibility that you can make things look really nice on a page and you can, you know, you can insert like uh, videos and Spotify playlists and all of that. So in, so in the 30 day experiment guide, I have videos embedded and I have a podcast uh, from Spotify that I listened to that I said, this is really good. So it's like, you can, it's like a multimedia kind of um, guide. And that's why I called it a guide rather than a book. So it has a whole lot of different things in there. But then you can also build out calculators or um, directories or so many different things that you could, uh, when, you, when you combine kind of the database feature of Notion. So I think that's how, how it can work. Mm, nice. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, the... Other question I had was about. Uh, hmm. So you mentioned you mentioned that the this whole idea of becoming a creator is partly accepting imperfection and just putting out whatever you have in its current state. And and I I, I just love seeing that as well. And I, I it, it sounds kind of counterintuitive though because I think the expectation everyone has is you polish something, make it perfect, and then put it out there. So why why does it work so well when we don't do that? Or what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, I think, you know, and I think this isn't my uh, original idea. I do think I learned a lot from um, Dickie and Cole, who run Ship 30. And it's this whole idea of the flywheel. So it's like so many writers or, you know, wannabe writers, which I was for a really long time, labor over you know a long article or something they want to put out like even even myself I've spent the last week working on a medium article that I'm this morning I was just like just publish this thing Mm. (laughs) because I think the the problem is that we sit here you know at our computers and we have like this inner critic 
and we're trying to get everything perfect and we think, oh, I'll just polish that up a little bit more. Whereas when you publish fast, you actually get this, you actually get feedback. And so that's why um, a lot of the things that I first publish are on Twitter. So I publish these little, you know, atomic essays, we call them. And so I, I don't have to wonder what's going to resonate with people. I, I immediately can see it because it's out there. If it's, you know, if, if a lot of people have read it or commented on it, they then, uh, you know, I'll get a lot of questions about things. And so a lot of my ideas will start as those kind of small atomic essays and I'll find the ones that resonate with people and then I'll follow those signals. And so then I might take um, that idea and I'll expand on it into a longer article that I can put on Medium or into a guide or, you know, I want um, write to uh, write some books. And so I think it all starts with publishing, just publishing those small kind of atomic ideas that you can then get the feedback on and it's that it's that feedback loop rather than me sitting here for the next 30 days trying to write a book that I that no one will eventually read mm. <laughs> um, and so I think that is it it's the flywheel of feedback and resonate things that resonate and and everything everything is in um, is in motion like I don't think, like you don't write that article and then that's like that's just the thought forever. It's like things evolve over time. And and so I think that's that is kind of the new way of writing, I feel. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Especially that I mean, unless you put it out there, you can't get metrics on it. So you don't know what resonates, what doesn't. So just that yeah. just having that. Uh, those metrics, I feel, is a great uh, reason to put things out there. Uh, you also mentioned uh, leading and trailing metrics earlier. Is is that the 4DX framework that you were thinking about, yes. or just oh, okay? Yeah, I just read I just read the article the other day, uh, an article on 4DX, and it just got me thinking about um, lead and lag metric metrics. So, do you feel like and and Twitter? I think Twitter engagement and reaction feels like a very good uh, immediate metric. But what are your I mean, are there, can you think about metrics in, in mm-hmm. publishing online that kind of fall into these categories as well? Or yeah. I mean, is that a good framework to think about? Yeah, I think so. Um, and actually I wasn't thinking about it in terms of writing, but um, yeah, I think that, you know, so lead and lag metrics are things. So like a, a lag metric is, um, is an indicator that you've done something to lead to that success. Whereas a lead um, metric is uh, something that indicates you are going towards success. So that's kind of how it works. And so I think in writing, for me, my lead metrics are, did I publish today? That's it. Um, I don't I don't know if there's anything else, but it's like, or maybe like for me as well, like, um, like some of my creative practices. So like getting into, uh, like I try and read um, a couple of, like two articles a day. Um, I try and uh, jump into my notes and kind of um, have a bit of a play around and see what's interesting to me. So those kinds of things are my lead metrics. If I don't do them, I don't get to the end point. The um, yeah. And so then some of the lag metrics are things like, 
followers, for instance, mm. and, and community and building an audience um, and, and a library and, and things like that. So I think that, you know, I didn't, I didn't set out to build any kind of audience or following, but that does become um, a, a, lead, um, a lead metric, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. Mm. So the things you control lead to consequences that, that are not directly controllable. Yeah. Now, do you have any advice, like just thinking back to when you started, when you had zero followers and you built up a follower at a time, what advice would you have for creators who are at that stage in their journey where they have just a handful of followers? I think um, one, find a community, wherever that is, you know, if it's like a bunch of your friends um, who want to write together or um, I originally joined Nest Labs with um, uh, with a bunch of my friends and I did a 28 day blogging challenge, which I failed at before I started ship 30 and, and kind of writing every day. But I think that writing is a fairly lonely practice, but when you do it with other people, um, and when you have, uh, you know, when you kind of, you, you take kind of your, let's say zero day, um, or day zero, and you kind of combine it with a whole lot of people who are cheering for you, then it helps to kind of get that get that thing going. So I think definitely finding some kind of community. It's a lot, and I think community is a big thing online. Like, you know, I I stayed off Twitter for a really long time because I thought well, it's just people who complain all the time, and you know, you kind of see all those bad parts, but suddenly find a community and literally don't see anything else. Like it's, it's wild. Like just the people that I've met and like people that you feel like, you know, and it, it's, it becomes kind of like, Oh, I'm not just writing in the dark um, by myself. I've got all these people um, who are cheering for me and, and that kind of thing. So I think that is definitely um, that's definitely one. The second thing I would say is just, just keep publishing. You know, it doesn't happen overnight um, as much as you think it does. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of days where, you know, you get nothing and no one's, no one's liking that, that essay and, yeah. and that kind of thing. But the more you do it, um, the more you build the, the compounding of it. Yeah. Um, so you either build that library or, um, you know, you start to get some traction, you start to get people who, you know, uh, your fans. And, uh, and so the more you do it, the more it will compound um, and, uh, and lead to really fun things. And, and also, I think just loving the practice of it. Like, if you don't love it, you're not going to survive through those kind of harder days mm. and the dips and, and all of that. It's, like, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Like, you know, it looks like that from mm. the outside, but it really is like I think you do have to love the practice, whether it's writing, whether it's doing podcasts, whether it's, you know, creating YouTube videos, whatever you do as a creator, I think love the practice of it and then you'll be able to do it for, you know, whether people give you validation or not. Yeah, no, totally. And I think, especially with those tweets that get zero likes, I think the other one is that question that no one answers. So that's what I'm always <laughs> nervous about posing. Will anyone answer yeah. it? We'll just hang there by time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I've put so much stuff out there that gets zero, zero. I, I labored for probably, 
I reckon eight to 10 months of I was I was interested in this notion thing. I was tweeting and you know, you you log in, you're like, oh no one's no one's liking that. But but you do that for long enough and you join communities and you know, I think as well, um if you want people to uh, engage with you, engage with other people, like build your own community and be a good, I call it a good community citizen. So give and take and, and all of that. And it, and it does come back to you. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Ev. Uh, it was great talking to you. No worries. This is really fun. Yeah. So, and thank you for listening to Mighty Creators. If you enjoyed this interview, please subscribe.